This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDaring.com. Today is September 23rd, 2019. And as always, throughout the football season, we're doing a rapid reaction. Um, week three, Falcons lost to the Colts. Calhoun with me. What's up, homie? What's going on, my boy? Chilling. So we always around this time have the same issue is that my birthday comes up during around this time and I'm always unavailable for the game. And so we always do something where you guys kind of birthday, my boy. Hell of a celebration too, man. Appreciate it. We we did a um a celeb a roast and a dinner together, and it turned out really well. Shout out to everybody who came, and you know we just had a good time. But we during this time I'm we talking to you about a first lady, of course. Oh, yeah. The podcast, not just that. The whole digital Darren family was there. Yeah, it was. The first lady, she's not supporting Digital Darren right now, so we may do a diss record on her over there. So. She's not supporting it. No, I'm just messing around. Oh, I was about to say, you got to take me off record. <laughs> anyway, but um, all that to say, this normally happens with, like, you guys explain to me because I didn't get a chance to see any of the game. I followed the game from basically ESPN out and kind of the, the um. You know, clowns no credit. From, from just say you followed it from an app. I followed it from an app, and I was doing a whole bunch of scoreboard and box office watching. That's how I followed the game. It's interesting though. I haven't done that in a long time, and it's it's interesting going back to that. Um, but so in this podcast, we're gonna do something a little different. You're gonna probably drive more, and we'll talk about it. So, tell me what were your thoughts before we get to that? Did you have the Falcons win in this game? I did. So before the season started, remember I told you I had them going about twelve and four or eleven and five. This is one of the games I had them winning. I had them losing the Minnesota game. I had them winning the Philly game, and I had them winning this game. So I had them going thirteen and three. Go check out podcast Digital Darren Double R Protect the Falcons record. It was from Falcons Football Week. I think it's podcast number two fifty two. Um, but anyway, we um, we did a podcast where we predict the Falcons records. I think Double R had them going eleven and five. I had them going thirteen and three, pretty much. And they already have messed up my prediction for them, at least from a record standpoint. So I I thought they were going to win this game too, and I thought this was going to be one of the easier wins for them. But it turns out with the Falcons, nothing is really easy, right? And that, rec- that podcast is 256, the one with the record position. But it turns out with the Falcons, nothing's easy, right? So. I mean, it's the Falcons. And at this point, at some point in time, the, the fan base has to has to be fed up with it. I know I am. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. Uh, I'm not saying I'm done. I mean, in the, the NFL is putting a bad taste in my mouth. We talk about that anyway. And some of that affects all of these games. The refereeing is terrible. And not only the hitman for the rules has been instituted, which is atrocious. Seem like motherfuckers keep making moves who've never played football, or motherfuckers who so smart they're they're penny smart and dollar stupid, and they're ruining their brand. 
that being said, it trickles down into the game itself. And when you have a team like the Falcon, the king of mediocrity, the poster child for good, not great, the goddamn example for do just enough to get it done, the last thing you need is bad football accompanied by stupid rules. And that was indicative of what happened Sunday. It was a terrible, terrible game from a trash-ass team, from a bullshit coach, and a whole-ass roster, and a puss-ass owner, and a bullshit front office. And at some point, you got to be tired of this Falcons. So I talked to my mailman today, and he's a Falcons fan, and he was like, hey, man, I said, it's time for that coach to go. He said, you need to go a little high. It's time for the GM to go. Then the coach, you like, if we don't do it this year, it's time to blow it up. And we did a podcast, several podcasts about that. One of them is on our Patreon asking that actual question, is it time to blow up the Falcons? So I want we're going to talk on that a little later, but I think people are getting frustrated, like you said. I, and, of course, you got the people who just, the game is something to do, go down to the stadium, who really don't care about the outcome, right? It's just a sporting entertainment. It's not that serious to them. And then you had the diehards, the people from here who – it is that serious, regardless, right? So, how- and it's been too many years of it. Falcons been in existence for it's 56, 57 years, and nothing. I mean, it's time out for it. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and that would be, we're not the same team we were back in the 90s when you had, it was a good roster. The two legit Falcons was good, but we wasn't all that hot. This is the best team ever assembled, period. We, even that Super Bowl team wasn't as good as this team. And that team was damn good. But this team is, from top to bottom, it hits. <coughs> and at this point, man, it's time out for that bullshit. And nobody want to, it, it's irritating to even talk about. It. It's irritating. It just, it's, that's just done. We, we, it's, we, we sort of haven't been the same since after that Super Bowl. And we both said we were done with the Falcon. But we let them in a little bit. But, at this point, it's just irritating. It's just like having the same the discussion about why pe- why people not getting together, why everybody's single in 2019 and everybody 40 years old. Like that shit's so old now. This ain't when we was 25. We're not even talking about this shit no more. We talking about the same thing then. You don't even want to give it that energy. And that's what the Falcons is. And they lost in Falcon fashion. They did it just like they usually do. And that that shit is already done, man. The same stories told us yesterday. Same shit. Gonna be two weeks from now against Houston if they don't fuck it up with Tennessee. I mean, it's just it, that shit boring now, man. That shit's done. So walk me through the game. Take me, kind of give me a high level view, quarter by quarter by quarter. Cause and I'm gonna tell you what I, how I saw it. So I'll recap, pretty much go to the first half. It was media. It was almost like Minnesota just they wasn't as good. And when I say they wasn't as good, I mean the Colts. So it wasn't just a blowout, but it was twenty. It was twenty to three going into the half. So, but it was just so following but, the stats. One of the big things. First, let's talk about the Colts. We did a podcast a long time ago. It was the NFL hundred million dollar problem. I have to hunt that down to see what number it was. It was about Indomitian Kansu signing for a hundred million dollars, and we talked about how. You know, we sat on different sides of the coin. I said, don't nobody who's not a quarterback deserve $100 million. And you basically said the best player deserve the most money. And I think that this proved your – I think the Colts have proven your argument. Was, and your argument was you don't need to give a quarter – you don't need a superstar quarterback or a quarterback that's that highly paid to win. 
And I think that the Colts are a team who are very well constructed. And as long as you don't fuck up, you can win with them. And it don't matter who the quarterback is. It could be Andy Dawson or Tom Brady. As long as you don't fuck it up. And I know that's for most teams, but teams have glaring flaws outside of quarterbacks a lot of times. And this team don't seem to have too many flaws. They seem to just be a solid team overall. And they're a well-constructed team overall. And I think they prove your they point. Learned, they learned that with the Falcons, and they did a little bit. But we had no business losing to Joey Brisket, as I call him. Joey Brisket, and their best player wasn't even playing. Leonard was out. The, the, the middle linebacker is arguably their best player on their team. He didn't even play. T.Y. Hilton went out at half. So you have, but the Colts they won, they two and one. They look, they should have beat the Chargers. Like we, the Colts were what five minutes of bad football away from being three and zero. And you know, a lot of that we taught charged the Falcons the first game jitters. This is the third game, and this is a huge problem. And I will ask you, what percentage of that do you think is the Colts being a decent team, and what percentage of that do you think of the Falcons just sucking? I think it's eighty. I think it's eighty percent the Falcons. So now I'm gonna say ninety percent the Falcons. So that team had no business even having a game with the Falcons, as far as roster is concerned. And you can go down the line. Even even with T. Y. Hilton, their receivers are not like the Falcons. The quarterback ain't like the Falcons. They got a better running back. But even their defense, our defense have more names than their defense. And their best defensive player wasn't even in the game. It, our coach is, is has been is more tenured at this point than their coach. It, their coach ain't shit. Who the hell is their coach? Rick, Frank Rick White. Ain't, Rick, Frank Rick ain't. I mean, he ain't. He ain't any years. It, it doesn't. He he's he don't matter. You don't matter. You can replace him. You can keep him. He's one of those. It doesn't matter. But the fact that we went in there and the, it looked like we we had no game plan. It looked like they were not ready. And that was the problem with Minnesota. They looked like they did not game plan. They looked like they did not rehearse. They looked like they did not play. They was poorly coached. They was not prepared. And they played like it. And that's why they didn't start playing to the second half. First half was dismal. Offense couldn't move the ball. They only had one thing going for them, and that was a running game. Devontae Freeman was lining it up. He looked. He, had, he showed glimpses of the old Devontae Freeman. But believe it or not, they kept getting away from the run game. And that was the only thing that was working at the time. The play column was iffy. Um, they, they shortened that up in the second half. Uh, the first half, the play column was lackluster. Dan Quinn also was stupid timeouts. Again, his game management skills are that of a toddler. I mean, it, it was pathetic. Matt Ryan, if you didn't see my Facebook, I renounced my fanhood of Matt Ryan in the first quarter. But I renounced my renouncing by the fourth quarter. So what stood out to me, again, just looking from stats, uh, one Drew Kobe Brissett was 15 of 15 or 16 of 16 in the first half? Right. Or well, late into the first half? His first throws. Yeah. Yeah, his first throws, which <laughs> that, was, that was pathetic and laughable. Dan Quinn, like he put the spotlight on himself so much this season to show his inadequacies. Not only is he failing that coach, which we've been saying since – the first year, if anyone go back, I said since the first year, this guy's a clown and he's not a good coach. That's what I've been saying year one. But he put it on himself even more so when he fired his coordinators and took over the defense. The defense was impressive last week, no doubt. But that defense was super duper trash 
this game and that Minnesota game. That stupid-ass zone that he does, it does not fucking work. Jacoby Brissett came in, and he only threw 303 yards, I think, for the season. Two games, over a little over 300 yards. This game, he threw more yards than he threw for the season. This game, them folks don't even throw the ball like that. Dan Quinn refused to get out of that shit, and the way he does his personnel is so stupid. Everyone keeps asking where Vic Beasley is, and no, Vic Beasley not the be-all, end-all, but he used that man completely wrong every game. Why is he dropping Vic Beasley coverage is beyond me. KZ does not look good at the nickel. He just don't. His instincts always have him doing something he has no business doing. And it, and it shows. I mean, it, the way that he ran his team is just super stupid. He didn't get any pressure. When he doesn't get any pressure, he does not. He doesn't change it up. He doesn't send any blitzes. He doesn't do anything. He just keep riding it out. And that shit is so stupid and frustrating. And then you look up, who the fuck is this on the field in this in this crunch time of a moment? You'll have some of anybody in that motherfucker. <laughs> Here's Matt Rock keep throwing interception to the number 80. Who the fuck is that tight end he keep trying to get the ball to? Paulson, he, he always... He, every time they throw the ball, something bad happened. Last week, he fumbled. The week, they always try to get him the ball, and he always do something stupid with it. I have no idea what the fucking game plan is for that stupid play. But that's the same. In the Minnesota, he was throwing to him for the touchdown when he threw the interception. In this game, same thing. You had... It was a tight end. I think it was Hooper right in front of him. Wide the fuck open. Instead, no, no, that was, um, that was, that was, that was, uh, Philadelphia. He did that shit. The motherfuckers wide in front of him. He went to, and threw the interception in the end zone. This game, he's throwing between two end of two players. There was somebody underneath them. They were bracket coverage. And Matt Ryan still forced it in there and got that dumbass shit picked. That shit was ridiculous. And it was the same motherfucker, number 80. You have Julio Jones, Sanu, Ridley, Hooper, and Freeman on the field. And your ass, keep trying to force it to a motherfucker who can't get open. This shit is it's just crazy to me. Mismanagement of team, of game, all that kind of stuff. He keep, he gets out coached week in, week out. And yet we keep coming in there. He, come, he, run, he run his bald-headed ass in a goddamn press conference and talk all that bullshit and they always try to sell you on some nonsense and fast and physical brotherhood we rise didn't like it for sure bullshit and it's the same outcome this game was coaching and defense it was pathetic the late great Mr. M.O.B. said a lot of things and he was a real Falcons hater even though he was from Atlanta he said all the Falcons do is try out a new animal first it was rise up Nas and Brotherhood, not a new thing is an ATL versus all y'all. And none of these motherfuckers are producing any wins. If you want them, you can't out logo to out model the Falcons. They the best models in the world, but they can't win shit on the field. So all this in Brotherhood for the team shit, no. It's, it, it don't translate. It didn't translate. And we're going to talk more about Dan Quinn, I'm sure. But, you know, I told y'all after the Super Bowl, he should be fired. It's not going to get better, only worse. And that's what ultimately is going to happen at, at the end of the day. He doesn't have the credentials. and He doesn't have he doesn't have the mindset 
<coughs> excuse me, to fix this. He's not a strong coach to be like, hey, we're going to write this ship. The Falcons are not looking at being 500 this year. That's what I looked at. That's what I was looking I redid. I looked at the schedule. I was talking to a friend of the show. And last week, I was, we were talking about the record. I said, it looked like 12 and 4 to me, 11 and 5. I went through it this week. I think they'll go 8 and 8. And if they go 8 and 8, fuck them. Fuck all of it. Get rid of all of it. I, if we could, I'd get rid of off the blank for even having this shit. This is a. I haven't seen as much this wasted talent since Detroit and Cincinnati when they were sending like seven, eight, ten players to the Pro Bowl. Cowboys gonna have the Cowboys could say something about that. Yeah, that Romo Cowboys with Marion Barber them. Thirteen players to the Pro Bowl. This is wasted talent. When you got this much talent, this is a reflection of the coach and organization. This is an organization full of losers, and they play like it. They look like it. They act like it. And they always saying some dumb shit. Trust the process. You fucker. Fuck your process. This is like a cheater. You with somebody, they cheat on you three times. You catch them again in the goddamn living room. She's sucking dick. And then she, oh, I'll change this time. Just trust me. Believe in me again. Nobody want to hear that shit. Bitch, get your shit. Get the fuck out of here. That's what they can do in Atlanta. Get the fuck out of here, man. I don't give a fuck about Julio getting no 66 million. I don't give a fuck about Rap Man getting rap. Matt Ryan getting 100. Ready to jump. Fuck them. Fuck all them folk, man. If they can't do it. And I'm going to tell you what. The, the, we'll go a little further here. Let's let's break it down. I don't want to get too emotional. First half, bad football. Terrible coaching. Nobody played ready. Matt Ryan looked like a rookie. As he had, he's showing Spurs. For some reason, this year, he's throwing more interceptions than he's done in any year that I can recall. Let's start not the gate, especially. I don't, I don't, I don't understand what's going on with that. That's alarming. Um, Julio came to play. They did not put Kevin Ridley enough in the offense. I do not know why. Uh, they didn't have enough Muhammad Sanu, even though he did become a factor in the second half. The line did pretty good. I'm not going to lie. The offensive line did good. Defensive line didn't show up. I don't even know if they got a sack. If they did, it was one. But I don't recall them. They're going to have to do something about Oliver. He, he gets exposed. Uh, Oliver's, he's not it. And for some reason, they keep putting him on number one receivers. That's the dumbest thing to me. I don't give a damn at this point. True front need to check the number ones and follow them around the field. Not that stupid-ass zone Dan Quinn is in because they keep exploiting that kid. And at some point, you're gonna that kid's going to lose confidence because he get ass-raped every week. KZ looks out of sorts at the nickel. Everybody before this season was saying, that's his position. Corner's his position. He looks like a strawback nickel. He needs to get out of that. That don't work. Deion Jones did what Deion Jones do, but you don't really know what he do because he wasn't a factor. And uh, as far as everything else, it just wasn't there. The defense didn't hold up at all. They scored 20 points in the first half, and the score was 20-3. to And so that was the first half. Uh, T.Y. Hilton caught the touchdown. He had to go out with a quad injury. Fucked my fantasy a little bit. I started T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack because I knew they were going to shine on this fucking defense, and they did. Still lost my fantasy, though. Somebody had Russell Wilson. He ass-raped me. But uh, that With was... With garbage time, Blake? What happened? With garbage time? Did he? It's some bitch had nothing but garbage time. Play. He ended up scoring like two or three touchdowns. The motherfucker had 41 points in fantasy. And they were nowhere. All garbage. And that's the problem with the game. They were never in the game in real life. That's the problem with fantasy. You're right. Right. They was getting drugged the whole time. 
And like I think what they were saying, like the last three minutes, that motherfucker scored like two or three touchdowns. He went to, it went crazy. It was all garbage. But motherfuckers always said that Matt Ryan, the old garbage point. Russell Wilson just goddamn went to the bank. Fuck me and my fantasy. That motherfucker ended up beating me. I beat him in every every other matchup down there, except for like one, because I had Baltimore defense. And boy, Pat Mahomes stuck good dick in them. But that was it. But the first half was a throwaway half. It seemed like they righted the ship a little bit. Going into the second. What did you get from the first half? So I told you what stood out to me with Jacob Brissett, 15-16, and Matt Ryan another red zone interception. Yeah, that was that was it. That was uh, that pretty much summed it up. Actually, <coughs> the running backs were having good games. Yeah, I, I did games. see that. So like, I did. I was like, "Oh, we run the ball pretty good today." Mind you, I'm just seeing stats and like kind of a, a game cast type thing. Like, "Oh, ball was third and three, run for seven yards." You know what I'm saying? So stuff like that. So yeah, it was pretty good. Man, they came out to have ready play because they won the corn sauce, so they got the ball first. The offense. Derek Carter made whatever adjustments he needed to make. They had him firing all cylinder. I think they should have ran the ball a little more just in the game, period, because it seemed like now everything is selling down and they can run it. But Matt Ryan came out striking. I think he went like 14-14 his first few passes. Throwing interception, Hooper, which is perfect because he's on my fantasy. Two, two uh, touchdowns of Hooper moved back in the game, 17-20, to 20, I believe. And um, then the defense gave up a score with them, and uh, we scored going back down. That's how it was 24 to 27 because uh, of our score. Julio made an outstanding catch in the end zone. I mean, the offense looked great. Defense, not so much. And then the process of the defense looking bad, Keanu Neal goes down with an uh, injury. Whenever somebody go down like he did when nobody touched him, you knew what it was. Uh, here's a here was something that was alarming. He goes down and he takes his helmet and he slams his helmet. And you don't see that part. He takes it off. He's 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 in agony. Kid was crying. You feel sorry for the kid. Like he he looked defeated. The refs threw a flag. Unsportsmanlike conduct. That pussy ass head coach of Indiana accepts the flag, and they tack on 15 yards to the play. Well, half the difference, half the distance to the goal. And at that point, that's that's the stuff that's going on with the NFL that just turns you off. That was a hum- human moment. He wasn't showboating. He didn't do it after a tackle or anything like that. He literally was in frustration and in despair as he's taking off his helmet. He's on the ground still, trainers around him crying, and they're calling out unsportsmanlike conduct on number 22. Personal. Had the distance to the goal, 15 yards. Did the announcers call it out, or did they bring in the guy to say, hey, you are a former ref, was that a good, Is that, are they taking it too far? No, they didn't do nothing like that. You know how they do. That was just a classless move. I see more of that on Bleacher Report when I was looking at some of the highlights of the game, some of the people that was coming, or somebody had an article on it at the Falcoholic or something like that. What did they, they talk about? What a classless move. It was they, what they call was it was an egregious call the refs did, and this is indicative of what's been going around the NFL. They just like robots now how they how the refs are calling games and all that stuff. And, and that was one of them. another thing that stood out with the Falcons sixteen fucking penalties, a lot of all, and it wasn't just stuff like 
you know, L for penalties, uh, you know, personal foul or late hit and that like that. It was a lot of false starts, a lot of holding. 68 fucked him. Uh, that 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 lineman number 68, he was so bad they pulled his ass out the game. He was holding, false starting all over that motherfucker. <coughs> With Jamal, I think name Brown. One cast we got on the offseason. It was just an egregious, classless flag. And there was a humane moment there that they missed. And that's just, just to reiterate, that's just been what the NFL has been all season long. They cannot get it right out of all these knee-jerk reactions of what's been going on. And instead of having a deaf ear to some of this stuff, the NFL is hearing every fucking thing. So they're like some, um, they're like Trump. When they're like, you'll send out a tweet about Trump like, man, that some bitch fat and he ain't shit. And a motherfucker reply, what the fuck have you done for life? I live, I'm, I'm living a better life than you, you broke son of a bitch. You be like, who the fuck is that? It's literally Donald Trump. When has he had a time to comment to, some, to a fucking civilian? He's fucking Donald Trump. He shouldn't even be hearing this shit. That should be something. He, how does he, why is he checking his own Twitter? And that's what the NFL is. They're listening to every fucking thing that everybody's saying. <laughs> and they're reacting to everything. And it has trickled into the game. And now the game is so awful. Like, they bailed offenses out on every fucking thing. Third and 14. It's a defensive hole or pass interference or a weak ass, um, you know, roughing the passer. Whatever it is to keep the drive going. I mean, it's just, it's just pathetic. And so, again, that's trickling down in the, in the, to, to even these games. And 16 penalties. It was a, it was a hard watch. It's a hard watch to watch a game like that. Especially when it's your team fucking up. And your team being our coach, and that's what it was. Again, now that Keanu O'Neill is out, Torres Achilles, now that we all know, and now for the season, here we go again. And shit like this will bail out that trash-ass Dan Quinn when Dan Quinn is a major problem. But we couldn't come back. It was a um, The Falcons gave up a second-half touchdown. They was driving down. We're using our timeouts. All we need is a hole. They stack the box. These motherfuckers run a goddamn like a, a, a pass into the flats, get the first down and some, go down, run the clock out. That's how we, we have a chance for a stance. It's over a minute left in the game. You, it's third down. You use your timeouts. All you have to do is make a stop here. It's like third and two, third and three. You're splitting on the run and just to run out the clock. Instead, they pass that motherfucking ball. You're not ready because you haven't been ready all game. They get the first down, slide, stay in bounds, go down, and then they just nil out the rest of the clock. Y'all that coming back because they came back from 17 down. They came all the way back, and it's the same kind of – it happened to be the same outcome as usual. Lost it like we probably thought they was going to do. It was, it was pathetic. Defense didn't show up. Coaching never showed up. It was horrendous. So let me ask you this. Which was worse, this game or the Minnesota game? Minnesota game was bad. They both were bad for different reasons. I expected them to lose in Minnesota opening day. Minnesota got one of the best defenses going. Uh, Minnesota have all kind of offensive threats. Even though Kirk Cousins don't look like it now, 
I mean, he, he was over 4,000 yards, almost 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. You got Thielen, you got Stephon Diggs. Dalvin Cook is back, and he's ripping the league as we're seeing it. So I expected them to lose in. This game, though, with no Andrew Luck, and then game day, they don't even have that best player on the field in Leonard. Oh, this should have been a runaway. And instead, it was a loss. This this was this was alarming. This loss was worse than the win. Than how good the win was last week. This loss was worse than that. Like it, this is more impactful than that win last week. So this is crazy. The win wasn't impressive. Like the Falcons have not been impressive yet. Like the win. And could- the problem is they're having the same issues that they've been having. That's the problem. That, that goes back into culture. We're losing the. We're dropping the ball the same kind of way that we've been doing. Uh, it's minor adjustments, and that's what this clown keeps saying every week. Minor adjustments will we'll solve them. We haven't solved them in five years. So that's the problem, and that's what's going on right now. Yeah. So let's go on and do what we normally do. Let's get let's give grades, final thoughts, and we'll get out of here. Because I think this game was depressing for a different reason. What grade do you get offense? Huh? What are the reasons you thought? I thought the game with the press, like you said, from all indications, they were not prepared. They had, what, 16 penalties, 18 penalties? That's mostly yeah. coaching. Like, everything here is a reflection on coaching. And, like, it's one thing if the defense was balling out and the offense was fucking up. But Dan Quinn, I said, I'll take a hand in defense. And the defense has gotten worse. Well, everybody back. Like this is the first week. Everybody now, motherfuckers starting to get hurt. But everybody was back in that that defense. Having last week, it looked good. It like they celebrated too much and wasn't ready for the game today. They partied all Saturday night. Oh shit, we got class in the morning, and that's what it looked like. Looked like Dan Quinn told them to take the week off. That's what it looked like, and so did he. <laughs> so. Let's go on to get the grades. What grade do you get an offense? I get an offense. I give them a, a C. They turned it around in the second half. First half was so bad. First half should not have been as bad as it was. And it just should not have been as bad as it was. I give them a C. Could have said a B or whatever, but I, no. They put themselves in such a deep hole they couldn't come out of it. I give, I, I give them a C, too. What about defense? I got a defense of elf. They could do what they want to do when they want to do it. If there was a higher power offense, they would have scored way more points. They slowed their tempo down. They stopped moving the ball like that because they had such a big lead. So they started, you saw them letting off the gas. But And the thing with letting off the gas, you're not supposed to be able to just get back in it. Right? That's what happened. You lose momentum. You lose all that stuff. Now how you got to catch up and how you can get it back. As soon as they wanted to get it back, they got it right back. Our defense let them right back in. So I get a defense of elf. I agree. Bad tackling, bad scheme. It was, it was, I give them an elf. Any other thought, any thoughts about special teams? Or are you just going to give them a standard C? No, no. Special team wasn't even on the radar. What about coach? Uh, Coaching gets an F minus, and everybody should have been fired after the game. Well, not everybody. Quinn should have been fired after the game. 
So let me ask you this: Are you not still? Are you still not worried about Dirk Cutter and Matt Ryan relationship? I'm not worrying about them. They're ironing out kinks, and you can see it. But I tell you this: the first year with Sarkeesian and the first year with Kyle Shanahan, this ain't like that at all. Like they look further along. Now the rest of the team got to catch up. Matt Ryan has to stop doing what he's doing. He's making some dumb decisions. But it looks like they'll catch it. They'll hit a rhythm. That game, yesterday, they hit a rhythm in the second half. They start vibing. They start moving. They start doing that sugar huddle shit, moving the ball. He start calling the play like, they're vibing. That, that, that goddamn Dan Quinn is a problem. His timeouts, his personnel switching is ridiculous. But his defensive schemes and the way that he moved the ball, he's horrible. He don't adjust. He gets our coaches ridiculous. Today they was talking about who you think we should have at safety. Because Keanu Neal, uh, you know, horrible. Keanu Neal is out. I was looking at the Falcon Hall. They were like, should we go out to Eric Berry? Motherfucker going, yeah, we should go out to Eric Berry. How stupid that shit sounded to me. We just had a discussion. Should KZ start over Ricardo Allen? Okay, now you ain't got to do that. You have somebody here in the building that you know is a playmaker. These motherfuckers, when Keanu Neal went out, Put Kamel Ishmael in the game. They're talking about Ishmael and that other motherfucker. I forgot his name because he's a nobody being at the other safety. That's what they're talking about having that safety. Kamal Ishmael, who looks like a linebacker now, mind you, and Kasim, 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 whatever that fucker's name is, that's who they want at safety. Shit is utterly ridiculous. You put KZ back there without a second thought, and you probably, as bad as it may sound a song, you'll be better with Ricardo Allen and KZ back there than Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal. Especially in this NFL. In this NFL, you'll be, if this is the 90s, for sure Keanu Neal. But in this NFL, KZ and Ricardo Allen make that shit look like goddamn the bare second half, damn near. Them motherfuckers can make it work. But your dumb ass talking about putting Kamal Ishmael back there. <sighs> Boy, get Dan Quinn the fuck out of here, man. Immediately. Thank you, guys. Let's wrap it up like this. How worried are you on the scale of 1 to 10? I'm not worried because I'm not invested anymore. Fuck them. They're going to lose. They're going to go 8 and 8. Unless they do something drastic and they make some changes, which I don't see from this coaching staff. I don't, I don't see them going worse. They may be Tennessee. I don't even know they'll beat Tennessee. I mean, they're, they're trending down and fast. This shit is a free fall. If I was vested into them, it'd be 10. Now, I'm at the point now, I don't give a shit because like they're doing the same shit. And if they don't care, why should I care? For me, it's an 8. This has been com. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend.